That's right. We are your party men. Welcome to the Blackcast. Agent Starling back out on assignment, but here to continue our spirited conversation on Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. It is myself, Christian Blatt, on Twitter at ChristianDMZ. On the other side of the glass, Captain EO, Jeff Duray, on Twitter at Jeff Duray. Welcome hey. back to the Blackcast, Captain EO. Oh, thanks. Now, everybody needs to know, this is the exact opposite of a spoiler-free zone. This is a spoiler-filled zone where we will give away many points of the movie and future movies and also lots of opinion about the movie. And we're going to have some guests here, uh, including frequent Blackcast visitor, Old Man Morin, Brad Morin in Melbourne, uh, my friend Shalko Gordon back in New York, who, spoiler alert... Did not enjoy it. And I think it's important to get somebody to chime in that didn't like it. Because there were all the bad reviews. There was so much reverse hype about how bad it was going to be that you figured there would be people that had to feel that way because you had all the critics that did. And uh, we're going to find out what he didn't like about it. If that taints... Taint... If that taints his view of the uh, DC movie universe going forward... And, uh, you know, we'll see if there's any common ground on things we can agree with. I'd just like to say that I believe this episode will have more spoilers than the entire Fast and Furious franchise. You got ten dings for each Fast and Furious movie. I know they're they're not at ten yet, but they want to make ten. So it's like I decided as once I started going, I'm like, he's going to get ten dings. I like it. Thank you. And now we move the conversation along to a friend of the Black Cast, a regular visitor to the Black Cast, the one, the only, Old Man Morin, Brad Morin, checking in from Melbourne, Australia. Brad, welcome back to the Black Cast. Good day, Mike. <laughs> I love that. And uh, Brad, of course, of WWPD.net, whatwouldpattondo.net. Uh, for our listeners who maybe are hearing you for the first time, remind them what that is. Oh, it is a uh, it's a shameful website filled with uh, wargaming, drinking, and um, yeah, just general podcasts and articles about um, you know nerdiness and shenanigans. I think that's pretty much how we sum it up. Is there buffoonery? Oh God, is there ever? I'm uh, in. I'm in. I you know I love buffoonery. I love buffoonery as much oh. as I like shenanigans. Oh man, there's always some shenanigans uh, afoot down here. Um, yeah, it turns out Australians were, uh, you know, Australia was founded as a uh, nation of convicts, and it being a long weekend down under, um, I have to say I'm seeing firsthand, yet again, uh, just what uh, four days of drinking and revelry looks like right outside my door. Which is the way that one should, of course, commemorate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, is to drink right. themselves blind. But one thing that that allowed for is, of course, you to venture out and see Batman for Superman, Dawn of Justice. We have uh, probably beaten our listeners over the head with our opinions, but we're getting some extra opinions now. So, Brad Morin, the floor is yours. You can start with your expectations for the movie, what you thought of it, wherever you'd like to go, and we will chime in and uh, share our thoughts about Batman for Superman, Dawn of Justice. Well, um, I got to say, I was really excited for the movie initially. 
Um, I, I, I just reread a bunch of classic Batman books, specifically The Dark Knight Rises, uh, about 50 times, and got really into the, um, the ads for the movie because it seemed to indicate that that was the route that they were going to kind of go. Um, they're going to borrow a lot from that. And they've recently um, re-released, or I guess not re-released, released a cartoon version of The Dark Knight Rises, which is really dark and not for kids. Um, and yeah, so I was super on board for this. And then, and then I saw the Rotten Tomato score, and everyone went ooh, thirty-three uh, percent. Yeah. Uh, no, it actually scored the same as The Room. Oh well, at one point it was thirty-three percent, the same as Paul Blart Mall Cop. Two, I think, was the oh. example that I was given. Uh, the Room is amazing work of art, but I, uh, look, I think you're I, thinking of Room, not the Room. No, I'm thinking of the Room. I love the Room. Okay. Oh, hi, doggy. <laughs> but uh, hi. yeah, so you saw the Rotten Tomato score, which was low. And look, there were a yeah. lot of bad reviews. People oh, were yeah. gleefully posting the bad reviews, if we've as we've discussed. And I don't know. I I saw all of it, and I'm like, look. I said this already, but I don't like these movies, but the uh, Fast and Furious movies are some of the worst-reviewed movies ever, and they're going to make 10 of them. So, you know, I take these with a grain of salt, but I can understand. Look, there's some trepidation. When you hear how badly reviewed the movie was, you're like, okay, it, it could live up to that expectation, not the hopeful and gleeful expectation that you had going into it. Exactly. And I mean, so many comments, I mean, we live in such a, um, you know, such a good time to be, you know, our age, um, having grown up with this stuff and just, you know, comic book movies are actually treated like, you know, oh, well, they're just treated seriously for that matter. And so you know, Deadpool was what, 86%, 90% on uh, Rotten yeah. Tomatoes, which, you know, given that he swore and killed everything in sight and, you know, was, you know, pegged by his girlfriend at one point, you know, you just think, <laughs> okay, there's that. Yeah. And then this got half of that. Um, and you just think, okay. But then I had a, I had a, a little thought as I was uh, at the gym and I went back to Ron Tomatoes and I clicked Zack Snyder. Now Zack Snyder, I happen to like a lot, the director um, of the movie. Uh, he did the Watchmen. I mean, clearly he did the Watchmen. He did um, Sucker Punch. 300 movies. Yep. Sucker Punch. Um, all of which were just gorgeous aesthetically and look i love the 300 movies for what they are don't forget guardians of gahul oh he did guardians of gahul the i you know what the The owl owl movie i actually saw that we had a screener of it so i watched the owl movie i forgot about the owl movie but yeah so look visually his movies look great that that's easily uh, something that can be agreed upon but did you find that on rotten tomatoes his movies tend to not score well I think the highest he's ever gotten is 60%, and I think his lowest was Sucker Punch at, like, 24. So I was right. like, you know what? I, I'm going to take this with a horse lick assault and, uh, you know, went in with an open mind, and i got to say, I really enjoyed it. Um, sure, it was a little Zack snyder at times with, like, Batman's hallucinations and whatnot, but, man, that was the best Batman portrayal we've seen yet. I'm a Batfleck uh, supporter. God That's man, interesting. Like, I'm, you know, look, yeah. I, I liked his older Batman, and I don't know, I don't have the problem with Ben Affleck that some people did. Uh, I did like his portrayal. You know, I liked this Batman. Yeah. I liked older Batman. I don't know if younger Ben Affleck would have played a Batman that would have worked for me, but him as oh, yeah. older Batman definitely worked for me, you know, uh, and uh, 
I don't know. I thought it was cool. I mean, I I focused on kind of this issue that, you know, how much older than him is Jeremy Irons really? Like how you know how old was Alfred when he started raising him? You know, was was Alfred like in his twenties? But you know, just besides the point. What's that? Exactly. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I see what you're saying. Yeah, but look, I. I really liked uh, Christian Bale and uh, obviously the gold standard, of course, Adam West. But uh, and oh, yeah. you know, but I look, I liked this Batman because it was different. You know, I'm all in favor yeah. of that. So uh, I like the I like to hear people say things like, and you're not the only one that this is their favorite Batman. You know, because it's like you know what the fact that they're doing something different is interesting to people. You know, exactly. Yeah, yeah it, it it was it was completely different. I actually really liked how I mean Superman's always been that you know kind of goody two shoes. Not hasn't really you know, never really connected with me. Yeah, but he's really never been liked, my favorite. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, but I really liked um, the the last Zack Snyder Superman movie. Uh, God, what was Man that? of Steel? Uh, yeah, Man of Steel. I liked that. I'll admit it. I I, I know a lot of people didn't. Well, uh, will will really you know that. Agent Starling? He saw it in theater eight times. Oh yeah, yeah. So he loved yeah, that movie. Twice, so. Yeah, yeah. It's a great. I mean, I, it, it's a, it's such a nice, different look at the Superman character. But more to the point, how the world would more realistically react to that character. Um, and so I'm, yeah. I just really love the fact that they continued down that path. And you know, Superman wasn't just you know, you know, smile with that little glint off his teeth and then save the world in a blink of an eye. Like he's he's flawed. He's got problems. All these characters are flawed. Um, although I would have, you know, to be honest, I would have liked to have seen maybe more of Wonder Woman um, as a character. I mean, she was she was in the movie quite a bit. Yeah. She was, well, that, that the actress who played her seemed to be the same character just about that was in Fast and the Furious that you know she yeah. before, which was Gal. Yes, Gal Gadot. But look, the whole point is they want you to want more of her. You know, they have her in an amount where we get it invested in her. We want to know more. So then we'll go and see the Wonder Woman movie. So that that's I think that that's a big part of the amount that she's actually in it. Uh, it was good that she actually got to fight alongside Batman and Superman because if they just introduced her as I believe Diana Prince is her name her you know her mortal name if we only ever see her as that and it's alluded to the fact that she's Wonder Woman it's like well, who needs that you know so exactly. yeah uh, no I think yeah, that, I that, that at one point yeah, I love that at one point Batfleck standing in the background going you know watching Superman and Wonder Woman you know fighting Doomsday and he's kind of standing there with his one shot with his gun, shrugging and hiding behind rocks, gone. Well, I'm shit. I'm out of this. I don't know what I'm going to do here. Um, yeah. Just hang out, and wait my turn, I guess. So yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. and re- I think that is a, a more realistic look at that character too. Like he's an experienced, like he's brutal. We see him kick ass all over the place, but he also knows his limitations and goes, "Yeah, I'm going to stay out of that." Until yeah. No, I I don't know. Look, this is a Batman who's been Batman for 20-plus years. And I think uh, Captain Eo and I were talking before we started recording. The idea that you would be the Batman for that long and, you know, you kick ass all over Gotham City, you do what you think cleans up the town several times over, and the same guys end up back in the street 
or somebody new takes their place, that has to be frustrating. So you're like, you know what? I'm going to take it up a few notches now because how many more years of Batman do I really have? Let's, you know what? Let's actually see what I can get accomplished. So uh, I don't know. That that was a very interesting take on it. Uh, what were some of your uh, favorite scenes or sequences in the movie, Brad? Oh, man. Uh, of course, you know, as an old Batman fan, the Batmobile chase scene was, of course, amazing. Um, but I think my favorite scene, and I'm a sucker for heroics, but um, the Batman going after Martha Clark, oh, gets me every time, just by, you know, surrounded Martha by Kent, Batman. Martha Kent, uh, Clark's, yeah, Martha Clark's mother, Kent. yeah. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Turned around and said to uh, Superman, she won't die tonight, and then yeah. comes out and just whoops ass, and it was... It was that level of whoop-ass of the old Batman, like brutal Batman, that you're like, Jesus Christ. And then, you know, at the end of it, turns to Martha and says, you know, kind of sweetly, oh, hi, you know, I'm, I'm a friend of your son's. And you're just like, yeah, it's cheesy. It's, you it's know, cheesy. Not laugh. Yeah. It was awesome, and he had been gearing up to fight Superman, so it was yeah. even more awesome. Yeah, he's like, yeah, you, oh, that guy I was about to kill. Yeah, I just told his mom that he's my friend. <laughs> I don't know. Look, that's what yeah. you want. Like, you knew you would get days. to that point. When you knew that this movie was called Batman vs. Superman, you knew you had to get to the point where they're friends, of course. And there's yeah. a lot of ways that that could have happened, but this was, a, I thought, a very satisfying way to get to that point. Uh, look, there's plenty of criticisms along the way. Uh, you know, any movie oh, yeah. you can find problems with, but overall, the movie itself very satisfying. The Batman Superman relationship satisfying. You know, getting Wonder Woman involved, and I, I don't know. I, I think that it was, it was great for me. Now, there have to be some things, Brad, that didn't work for you. Are there things that you had to kind of just shrug or you had to wrap your head around after the fact and just, you know, look the other way? Or is there anything negative that you can think of immediately? Well, I really tried to focus on the positive of that movie. Good for you. I mean, the other scene... There was the other thing that I absolutely loved was the blowing up of the Capitol building. I used to work next door, and yeah. you know that you know sneaking a bomb in and all that. I mean, you would think that's probably just put me on a watch list somewhere. But I think um, that I was such. I mean, and then to have Superman standing in the middle of it, going, I don't know what to do with that. Um, yeah, it was. Oh, it's, look, it's a very it's very powerful imagery, and it definitely made the the point that they wanted it to. In terms of the movie, so you see this movie. Bad things, Lex Luthor. Just uh, like on one hand, he was amazing. On the other hand, it was really awkward. And Holly Hunter, I happen to really like Holly Hunter from a lot of different things, and she was just terrible in that movie up until the moment that she saw the the jar full of piss on her desk. She was shit. I really did not enjoy. I think that that was it. Was an overly broad character no pun intended gender wise it was a broadly drawn character one that we feel like we've had before because we've had superheroes we've had you know secret agents we've had all these things in front of hearings and you know trying to take the teeth out of what they do i think to an extent we're going to get a lot of that in civil war captain america civil war I believe there's going to be a lot of hearings in that movie. So you feel like you get these characters, and they tried to make her unique, but yeah, there was something about it. It just, uh, I don't know, it it didn't really work for me. I hadn't really thought about her 
But now that you say it, yeah, it didn't really work for me. Do you have thoughts on Holly Hunter, Captain EO? Do you feel like it was all right or she just she was she was inconsequential to me and yeah. I, but I was kind of I mean not to to go too far back on what you were talking about but you felt like it made the point you wanted it to make when they blew up the Capitol building and so I'm yeah. thinking on that because I don't know that I had analyzed that yet are you do you feel like the point that that makes is that Superman needs to act autonomously because he's there to play by their rules. He's and, there to answer to this guy so he doesn't take the extra precaution of like x-ray visioning his chair and making yeah. sure it's not filled with explosives. He He's trying to play it as a, a I guess more along the lines of like what a human would need right. to do. Well, I hadn't really thought about it in this capacity, but I think that the point of the movie and that scene included is that he shouldn't act unilaterally but he should be working together with sort of like-minded people of similar skills. The whole idea of you need the Justice League, you need the Avengers, you okay. need the Fantastic Four, you need the X-Men. You know. So it's a little bit of both. You need it, some oversight, yeah. but you need oversight by but, people who are in the same realm and as you. And understand the stakes of being... You know, nobody knows what it's like to be Superman, but you know what? Wonder Woman can kind of get it. Yeah. You know, she can definitely yeah. grasp it. And, you know, Batman doesn't necessarily know the exactly what that's like, but he, he can he grasps the concept now. He didn't at the, at the beginning of the movie, Mm-mm. you know, when he was uh, fashioning a kryptonite spear. No, he didn't quite get it. But I, I think eventually he did. So the spirit yeah. of destiny yeah exactly so i don't know i think that uh, that that's what we're supposed to take away though it's not the oversight of the government aka the suits aka the man mm. you know it should be the justice league decide how to proceed on threats that are on their way, like Darkseid. So, Brad, what I was going to ask you is your excitement level after the movie for Justice League and the whole DC universe that is unfolding for us, was it already pretty high so it was the same, or are you more psyched for those movies to come out? Uh, my DC love is about the same, which is saying, you know, I, I do enjoy all the DC movies and television shows at the moment. I'm even going back and enjoying uh, some Gotham at the moment, which I wasn't expecting. But um, I got to say, that movie didn't get me excited about Dawn of or the Justice League as much as it got me excited for Suicide Squad. I'm so excited for Suicide Squad, having seen that Batman, having seen, you know, just a few tiny nods to um, what that DC universe might do with yeah. Joker and then seeing sort of the play because, I mean, it's been leaked that there's, in the beginning perhaps of the Suicide Squad, there's a scene where Batfleck takes on the Joker in a car chase and Harlequin's involved and yeah. I want to see that. Yeah, no, no, that look, I, I, I loved the couple nods to the Joker. That was great, you know, the uh, the suit that he had uh-huh, and uh-huh. jokes on you, yeah. Batman, and the uh, just talking about you know a guy in a clown suit. It's great because you know you can say what you want you know about how great Heath Ledger's portrayal is, and people are like, oh, I don't know, do we need another one? But people said that about Nicholson. Look, Nicholson's Joker completely yeah. different, but I it doesn't mean that it wasn't great. It was great at that time. Then we saw something completely different. I think that Jared Leto's is somewhere in between. But uh, I'm excited about that movie because there was a pretty sweet trailer before uh, before Batman vs Superman that I hadn't seen before. It had 
uh, I think it had Bohemian Rhapsody. And I hadn't yeah, seen that trailer it. yet, and there was a lot of footage I hadn't seen, and I'm like, this looks pretty cool. So, um, yeah, look, I, I'm, I'm of course, uh, fiercely loyal, but also I have my preferences. I am looking forward to Civil War and X-Men Apocalypse more than that, but I'm also looking forward, for sure, to Suicide Squad. X-Men, oh, dude, X- okay, so can I quickly talk about something? Because I was dying to talk to somebody about it besides my poor wife. So, how much of a dick punch has been uh, has Marvel just been repeatedly kicking DC in the junk with? So, not only this week do we get finally get the you know the opening of the DC cinematic universe, you know the brand new reboot, the brand new start. I mean, it's technically the Superman movie is, but the, this is like the big kickoff. And what does Marvel do? Oh, by the way, here's Daredevil with the Punisher. Yeah, here. Here is a uh, season of Daredevil that is better than the first one, which you may not have expected to happen. And uh, you, we're we're really going to dive into Daredevil, but it doesn't mean we can't talk about it for a moment. It is great. I'm so happy with this second season. And you know, Brad, you knew me as a uh, as a much younger man, so you know how important oh, yeah. Frank Castle, the Punisher, has always oh, been to yeah. me. And we have never had a even decent portrayal of him. I said exactly. to someone that I know that I thought the Thomas Jane Punisher was okay. They wanted to fight me practically afterwards. I thought it was okay. Yeah. It wasn't perfect. The Punisher Warzone one, I don't even remember who played him in that. That wasn't good. It was just uh, fucking gruesome. It was just horror porn. Yeah, right, exactly. It was like, that's not what I... That misses the point on the Punisher. And for Daredevil, they get him. He is so well-rounded, and you understand his motivation unlike any other time you've seen this character it it works it works in a world of superpowered beings which it doesn't always the punisher and they did a great, oh, great job and secondarily to that was Elektra, which, you know, look, I was nowhere near as excited about Elektra as I was about the Punisher, yeah. but I was definitely interested in seeing what they did with it because, you know, the heyday of the Elektra character was actually before I started reading Daredevil. Uh, the the era of Daredevil I read, which is something that I, I think that we will probably see at some point, was the, the second run of Frank Miller, the... Um, I forget now what the story was called. I, I I shouldn't have brought it up if I couldn't remember it. But I remember it started in Daredevil number 227, and shit goes wrong. goes really wrong for him. And uh, I look I look forward to uh, seeing all of that. So, I, look, I think they do a great job with the Netflix shows, though. And, uh, yeah, you know. Oh, but, dude, not only did they drop that, and I, I, will, I will spare you my, you know, 15 minutes on Punisher, because I'm just so happy but um they also dropped the new civil war ad with which was amazing and then um to quote kevin smith at the end they gave you something you didn't know you wanted which was spider-man with blinky eyes and you were like yeah. what you know where's uh, Spider-Man is back. Yeah, a- a- Agent Starling and I talked about. Week. Yeah, Agent Starling and I talked about this uh, a-, a few episodes ago last week. Um, I love that reveal of Spider-Man. I just wanted it to be in the movie. I I did not need to see it in a trailer. Yeah, I didn't watch it yet. Agreed. Okay, I, look, 
you know he's in the movie, so I won't go ah. into the specific. <laughs> and look, there's a moment, you know, that you know, there's there's like a line we see him, and I just didn't. I just would have loved to have that happen organically in the movie. I would have liked to have if they wanted to put a flash of Superman, you know, just for a second. Uh, sorry, uh, uh, Spider Man. That would have been fine, but you know they they take a moment which I feel like is going to be a great moment from the movie. And yeah, Captain EO, avoid the trailers. You'll be able to experience You only have like five more weeks at this point. So uh, don't watch any of the new trailers and uh, you should be fine. But yeah, look, to have that style of Spider-Man, the Steve Ditko Spider-Man, it's different. Um, I like the previous movie designs. I I thought that the Andrew Garfield one in particular, I just thought looked really cool. But yeah. You know, it, it it looks cool. It's very exciting, and that'll be great. You know, but again, that's well. my preference, and uh, that that doesn't mean I wasn't able to enjoy Batman versus Superman. You know, I'm just more oh, yeah. excited about these things. Yeah, way more excited about these movies coming out. But I'm glad, you know, even having that, that's the problem. A lot of people prefer their Marvel movies, are looking forward to the Marvel movies, and they help fuel the, uh, it's going to be garbage. And look at that 33%. We know that that's garbage. And, you know, that doesn't help. That doesn't help the cause. So, uh, you know, I don't know. Sit down and see it. You should want to enjoy it. You know, Brad... You know, two years ago when I was in Boston in June for your wedding, I spent an afternoon because, you know, there was, everybody had to go off and do their own thing. I spent an afternoon watching the, uh, the, the last Transformers movie. I knew what I was getting. I knew it was, it, it wasn't even hot garbage. It was cold metal garbage. And I still watched every minute of it and enjoyed my popcorn and had a million problems with it. But you know what? I'm the guy who bought the ticket to the Transformers movie, having been burned by the three previous ones. So you know what you're going to get. Eh, two of the three previous ones. Which one did you think was good? Uh, the third one. No, no, no. The, the only good Transformers movie is the animated one from 1986. Well, That's okay. the only good. Overall, yeah. sure. But I like the third yeah. one, the Dark Side of the Moon one, where they blow up Chicago and all that shit. I thought that was one. I liked That's that one. Just cause that was you, the funnest one. That's just because you hate the White Sox. No, I don't know. That's... Sure. Sure. <laughs> and it just sounded yeah. like a thing. Yeah. No, but... Yeah. But, uh, look, the once they... Wait. Was, um... Was, was what's his name in that one? You know, the, Wahlberg wasn't in that one. No, Wahlberg was in four, but oh, Shia Shia LaBeouf was in three. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I feel like he took a, he, he took a little bit less of a role than he and was in. Some Megan of the other Fox ones. was not in it. No, so it, it, that yeah. sort of helped. And his parents were not in it. No, because his parents I, are in the second one only really for helped. comic relief, and that drove me crazy. Who's so the dude who looks exactly like Timothy Oliphant but isn't Timothy Oliphant? I know the guy you mean, but I can't think of his name. Because he's the other dude yeah. that's in it, and he's good. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. but that that's kind of my point. You pay money to go see Batman vs. Superman. You know, ultimately, what you're going to get. So, oh, yeah. just have the expectation that it's going to be a superhero movie. And if you've seen Man of Steel, you know at least an approximation of what the tone is going to be. You shouldn't be surprised oh, yeah. by it. Nobody should be surprised by Batman If you Superman. want a kitty DC Universe, watch the CW shows. Yeah, watch watch TV okay. Flash, watch Green Arrow. And if you really want kitty not particularly good, watch Supergirl. Mm-hmm. 
I, I like the Flash TV show, but, but seriously, they spend so much time, I think, trying to fill out the drama of it that right. it just makes it so annoying sometimes because it's like... Barry Allen spends all his time worrying and complaining and whining. Like, ah, oh, how do I protect everyone? I can't protect everyone. But wait, how do I protect everyone? You know what? It's, I can't. You know what the 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 way the voice that you just used there? It sounds like Nicolas Cage as the Flash. Yeah, and I would like to have seen that. You know, we we yeah, never got the that. we never got the Superman that Nick Cage was supposed to be in, but uh, anyway. So yeah, look, there's. Actually, have you seen Have you seen the documentary about that? It's uh, yeah, we talked about it. I think on the podcast, it's amazing, and you kind of yeah. wonder what that movie would have been like. Um, I think ultimately we're probably better off without it, but there was some cool stuff, you know, and I can't say that 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 doomsday might not have been you know a better doomsday but it probably wouldn't have been but you know it would have been interesting and i don't know tim burton doing a batman it probably seemed crazy at the time but now we've had dark batman i mean uh sorry uh tim burton doing superman i'm just speaking faster than i can think but now we've had the Zack snyder darker superman so it's now doesn't sound so crazy would you have seen a Christopher Nolan version of this Superman? Like, do you think if I mean, he, I would I know have he gone was, to see it. Absolutely. I know but. Syncope was like a big part of this, and he's listed as like the EP he's or like, some yeah. shit like that. But I just feel like it lacks some of his overall direction. Yeah. Do you think that his hand, like, do you think that he needs to step in a little bit more? Because I felt like this movie was closer to a Zack Snyder movie than Man of Steel, and Man of Steel felt like it had more coming more, from Christopher. Like Chris, yeah, no, I think I hadn't thought about that. I think that's a great point. More involvement from Christopher Nolan, I think, uh, can only help. I mean, those three Batman movies he did were great, you know? I mean, you really felt like they were all a continuation of the same story, which you don't get that consistency out of the Batman character. You know, the first two... Sure, you know, the two uh, Tim Burton ones feel, you know, but then you had a different guy playing him and then you tonally went in a direction you should never have gone. I've got an idea. Let's get this car that's supposed to be totally bulletproof (laughs) that is like constantly being attacked and let's have it be a convertible because that makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense, yeah. yeah. Yeah, let's use our inspiration, not the... Frank Miller, Dark Knight, but the uh, Adam West '60s uh, cartoon. Didn't well, you see live him action. do the Batusi? Uh yes, I did. Anyway, what? Oh, it was a dance. You should Google it. Uh, it, it there, it was an actual dance, the Batusi, and you'll you'll take a look and you'll be like, I can't believe that this ever happened in the in the universe I live in. But we'll tie it up, Brad, with basically something that you said. This is a great time for superhero movies. If you're our age, you remember the dark times. You remember the bad times. You know, you would have to settle for, oh, my God, they're making another TV movie with Bill Bixby as the Hulk. And I hear Thor is going to be in it. And it's awful. I think that's the trial of the Incredible Hulk. That that approach towards Thor, you're just like, it's very cartoony. And, you know, it was not something to be excited about. But it was comic book characters on TV, so so you watched it. And for a long time, you know, you had budgetary constraints. You had effects constraints. But also, the cartoons weren't good either until really... It really, the turning point is 
the Tim Burton Batman because then all of a sudden movies started to be better. Cartoons started to be better. You know, I have talked many times about how great I thought the nineties, uh, X-Men cartoon was. And, you know, compare that to Spider-Man and his amazing friends, you know, from only a decade earlier, you know, I loved it when I was a kid, especially when they had, you know, guest stars of other Marvel characters, but you know, it's just a completely different approach. It's like, Treat these stories like the way that they were written was proper. You know what I mean? Like they've been written properly and we're just going to adapt them. Not like, well, we're going to take that kernel of an idea and we're going to make it better. And you always have the regression to that. You always have the Brett Ratner X-Men Last Stand that took arguably the best X-Men story of all time and made it the worst. But uh, I don't know how many times I can say that. I don't know how many times I can say that on the podcast, but so look, it's a great time for TV movies. Uh, you know, if I if I had the time and the discretionary income, I bet it's probably a, a good time for comics again. But it just all got so far away from what I liked in the comics, and I, I'll just yeah. you know I'll, I'll just be good with the with my memories, and uh, you know every once in a while, uh, a couple years ago after. The Wolverine came out. I busted out the Frank Miller Wolverine series and reread it. It was great. I like to revisit some of those, but I don't know that I'm going to go into the store and be like, well, what's what's going on with the X-Men? Or like, oh, now's the time in my life I'm going to start buying Batman regularly, you know, after the character's been around for 75 years. So, but... Yeah, and they keep restarting everything with yeah. different, you know... Re- oh, it's number one again. Oh, please give me a break. Too, hey, too much. Question. Yeah. It- did I miss this? Um, speaking of the new X Men movie, I was watching um, the trailer last night um, because, of course, all the ads before Batman v Superman were Marvel ads. Um, <laughs> yeah, of course. The movie ad looks amazing, but but no Wolverine. Did I miss that? You didn't miss that. I would be surprised if he's not in it at all. But uh, yeah. you know. I don't know that he's in it, and uh, our own Agent Starling will be excited if Wolverine's not in it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how many how many more cracks uh, Hugh Jackman gets at playing Wolverine. I mean, there's another Wolverine, like the Wolverine movie sequel, that is supposedly the last time he plays it. But I'd be surprised if he doesn't show up at some point. You know, I mean, even in X Men First Class, he showed up, which you know, in a great cameo, unbilled cameo that you didn't know was coming. So that was great. So I don't know. We might get him. It's interesting that he's not in the trailer. So it makes you wonder: is he in it at all? I mean, it's exactly. it's the eighties, and we see in the the first X Men movie how he uh, originally arrives at the team and all that. You know, so. Who knows? He might not be in it, but... Apocalypse is set in the 80s? Yeah, because the last one was in the 70s, so this oh, is yeah. moving it up a little bit, yeah. I didn't realize. That's why they can get away with uh, with Jubilee's whole uh, presentation, but no. that's... No, no, Yeah, well, we'll talk more about Jubilee later. Anyway, Brad, uh, look, so much to be excited about, and I appreciate you oh, yeah. chiming in from down under, and uh, always... Being diligent and uh, keeping up with the Black Cast so you can uh, always come in whenever you like, and we appreciate having you visit with us. Oh, mate, it's a pleasure. Love your work as always. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. Well, I- I'll do everything you wouldn't do. How about that? Uh, 
Well, you did have a kid, and you did, you know, move to Hollywood, and you did, you know, have a successful career in uh, the entertainment business. Past so, tense, um, yeah. My my career, uh, my successful career is behind me. So, yeah, but uh, no, it's not. I had a good run. Hey, I've got the black cast. You know, that's great. You know, I. I was more. Never mind. That's all right. I know. I know what you meant. I've been. Yeah, I guess it's that. All right. Dig myself out of a hole. I'll talk to you later. All right, good to talk to you, man. All right, that's our pal Brad Moore. Well, all this time that we've been talking about Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, overall the uh, one universal thread has been, to some degree, people have liked it, some, some people have loved it. There's been varying degrees of that, but I wanted to take a moment here at the end of the Black Cast to uh, bring on someone that I know for a fact hated it. Uh, so I'd like to uh, bring on my friend Shalco Gordon, who uh, I've known for a very long time, uh, since the 20th century when we were both pages at NBC. Uh, Shalco uh, has a uh, YouTube channel called Dusty Cartridges. He's a director for Blackfeet Films. Shalco, welcome to the Black Cast. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Now, uh, you made no bones about it last night. Now, you, uh, I think, I, I might get this wrong, but I think like me, you might be more predisposed towards uh, Marvel comics and movies. Is that correct? That is correct, yes. Yeah. Uh, but I, I've enjoyed plenty of uh, DC movies over the years. Obviously, the Christopher Nolan Batman, the, uh, well, the first Tim Burton Batman I thought was great. And, uh, you know, when I was a kid, I loved uh, the Superman movies, but really, you know, two of those are good and two of them are garbage. But uh, so, you know, I come into this wanting to enjoy it. You know, there are definitely a lot of people who are such diehard Marvel fans. They are just like, well, I can't like it. And uh, I, I don't think that that's how you approach it, because from what I can understand... Talk a little bit about leading up to it, how you just kept sort of disregarding all the warning signs that you would see about this movie. Yeah, well, you know, let me start by saying, like, I, I am a Superman fan. You know, I, I'm a fan of Superman. I've One of the first comic book movies I ever saw as a kid was Superman 2, where I fell in love with the Christopher Reeve Superman. So, you know, I've always been kind of like into seeing Superman on film. And I really, really wanted this film to work. And, you know, when it was announced that right after, pretty much after Man of Steel, they were going to do this Batman versus Superman type film, uh, I, I will admit I was a bit, you know, disappointed because I just wanted a nice, you know, Superman-focused film as a follow-up, you know? But, uh, but Yeah, I, I mean, he needed to get another standalone Superman movie. We've kind of yeah, talked a little bit about that, yeah. standalone film, you know. Uh, something that just kind of really helped build the character, you know, this new Superman that they are giving us, where he, you know, he, he, he's on his own. He doesn't need anyone to kind of anchor him, anchor him along like a Batman and, you know, things like that. So, but, but I was hopeful that it would still be a good film, you know, Batman versus Superman. Yeah, let me ask you, what did you think of Man of Steel? You don't have to get into the specifics, but on the whole, did you like it? Were you kind of in between or did you dislike it? I was kind of in between um, initially when I saw it uh, because of what they were doing or what they decided to do with Superman. Uh, as it, you know, as time went on and I would watch it over and over again, I understood like kind of like the direction that they wanted to go. So 
I was like okay with it, put it that way. You know, it's not sure. It's yeah, a, it's a heck of a lot of a lot better than Superman Returns. That's of course. Yeah, I definitely you know, agree but, with that. Yeah, <laughs> but it wasn't exactly kind of what I thought it was going to be. You know, um, so with this film, my thing was I'm I'm a Zack Snyder fan. You know, I, I love Dawn of the Dead. I'm probably one of the few people who actually liked and enjoyed Watchmen. Uh, you know, 300, of course. No, I like, look, uh, I liked Watchmen and my friend Jeff here, we both liked it. Although I will say before he says anything, there was way too much blue dong in that movie for me. But other than that, I actually thought it was kind of a cool take on superheroes. As I've said before, one of my main problems with Doom- Doomsday was that I didn't get to see his dong. Like, why <laughs> Why was he a fucking Ken dong? Yeah, there, there you go. It didn't make sense. Well, you know, it, it's funny because, you know, there were a lot of times when you but it, it looked like he almost wanted to show Zod slash Doomsday's dong. Yeah. Like they pulled it back. So maybe that's where the R rating is going to come <laughs> There's going to be deleted scenes of just dong footage. Yeah, is that it, what you're it, telling of, us? Of little Zod. Yeah, that's it'll be called the little Zod edition. They're actually they're actually making a mini series out of it. It's called <laughs> Dong of Justice. <laughs> but uh, no, cool, I know what you mean, though, because stylistically, Zack Snyder has a very you know unique approach. His movies have a look that some people don't like. Uh, I think it's good. I think that. I don't know that I need it for... I don't know if I need that tone, that look for superhero movies, but I think it can work. But uh, So you went into this, a Zack Snyder fan, kind of giving him a little bit of credit, wanting to see an enjoyable movie with these characters that you know that have entertained you over the years. Yes, yes, absolutely. And, and you know, when they, were, when they announced that, you know, Ben Affleck would be Batman or the Dark Knight, uh... I was I was really questioning that decision. I, I just couldn't see it, you know. I mean, as a as a fan, as a filmmaker, I'm like, really, Ben Affleck is going to be Batman? You got to be kidding me! Uh, but you know, I figured it couldn't be any worse than uh, you know who was the last you know George Clooney's Batman. I mean, George Clooney's right. Batman was just ridiculous. But you know, Batman. Ben Affleck has been a superhero before. He's my second favorite Daredevil. Oh, he's, <laughs> well, he's my least favorite Daredevil. How's that? Well, that's also true. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I was a bit cautious. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor, and I, and I like Jesse Eisenberg, you know, but Jesse as Lex Luthor, I was like, really? Like, Mark Zuckerberg's going to be Lex Luthor now? Like, what's going on here? So, you know, there were a lot of warning signs uh, with this film that was just really, you know, just really just making me a little bit nervous, you know? But even with all of that, and even after watching the trailers, I thought, you know, there's more to this film. It should be all right. And, man, I'll tell you, last night I was just really disappointed. I mean, it was it was just a very incoherent story. Yeah. Uh, it was just, like, all of these random things just popping up here. But let me ask you this. Um, how much can I talk about the film without, like, Spoiling the film. I don't know. Yeah, so it, this is a uh, spoil all you want zone because everybody's okay. been warned. If they've gotten to this point, they've already had pretty much everything spoiled. So, yeah, you can talk about anything and uh, and everything really about the movie. So don't worry about okay. that, including Wonder Woman's nip slip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that may have been the best part of the film, you know, because it was just. They just simply could not tie the story together. 
you know, and I, I had actually said earlier that perhaps this film was just too big for someone like Zack Snyder. You know, yeah, I mean, it's entirely, I mean, look, that's entirely possible. Uh, I'm kind of in a minority that liked Amazing Spider Man 2, but even though I liked it, I know what the problem was with it, and we've talked about this, which was that they tried way too hard to put too much into the movie because they're like, we're gonna have a Venom spinoff, we're gonna have a Sinister Six spinoff, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna have a Black Cat spinoff, and they were really focused on that, and I think it took away from the story, and Look, I think it's really cool in this movie that we got to see Cyborg. I'm not really an Aquaman fan, but I have to say this is the coolest looking Aquaman I've ever seen, and uh, getting to see oh, a little I bit of the, getting to see a little bit of the Flash. So right. you know that stuff. It's like, oh, I don't, you know, we don't need it, but uh, okay, I get it. But it definitely slows down the movie, and I think that that's probably contributing to what some people don't like about it. But uh, you know. It didn't. It doesn't advance the story even remotely. It probably advances the story three movies down the road, but right. you know, and I don't know. Sometimes you don't want to focus too much on three movies down the road because exactly. you know. I mean, some and, and, that, and especially before you've established what this film is, yeah, what is what it's supposed to be. And the thing about it, the problem with is is a, a real problem with that Marvel has a clear and concise. Plan. They had they had a plan of action, you know. We're gonna we're gonna do Iron Man. We're gonna do Iron Man Two. We're gonna bring Captain America. We're gonna, you know, all of these this, this plan. DC doesn't seem to have an actual plan, you know, and and they just want to get to this Justice League film because now the technology is there for them to do a Justice League film, and and without a story to kind of really tie it all together, it just looks like a bunch of jumbled up random images, you know? And the problem that I had last night was, you know, first of all, Bruce Wayne having these quote-unquote dream-slash-vision, you know? And his his apocalypse vision, his dark sea vision, really just came out of nowhere. Like, it had nothing to do with anything, you know? And it was it was like, why are we here now? Yeah, that's literally my least favorite part of the movie. And, like, visually, it's Zack Snyder, so visually it looks cool, but again, we don't need it. And, you know, that's something for several movies away. Uh, Jeff has a thought on the visions. Well, just a theory on that. Sure. Um, I think that you could, you could suppose that the, the, uh, the visions, because so much, the visions are so filled with stuff that looks like it's going to come back into the series yeah. down the line. Like the vision in the desert, those like winged animals, those are clearly Darkseid's minions. Right, yeah. Uh, and, sh- and shit like that. So to me, when we see Flash breaking through time and like trying to warn Bruce about Superman, um, what just my best guess as to where they're going with that is that Superman will follow the Darkseid storyline where he gets controlled by dark side at some point um and they do have to fight back against him that flash traveling back in time to warn bruce at that point sends like ripples or whatever and maybe that's what's kind of creating these visions again i'm basically justifying things that i saw but that kind of made sense to me yeah and that's kind of what we're saying is that you know three movies from now you could rewatch this although i don't know that shalako's ever going to plan to rewatch this but you know the rest of us might watch it another time and feel like okay i get that but yeah look i know exactly what you're saying there's a lot of stuff that wasn't 
necessary that it definitely felt like it came from out of nowhere. Uh, talk a little bit about the actual narrative of the story, setting up the fight and the aftermath and Doomsday. Do you feel like they did any part of that structure, any of that storytelling? Was there something where you're like, I don't like this movie, but this part this part worked for me, or did it just not work for you at all? Uh, honestly, it really didn't work for me at all. Um, I did not feel as though Doomsday was necessary. You know? Yeah, I think um, in the in the old days, if this was, a, you know, obviously the effects would have been uh, much worse. But it would have been that Superman and Batman figure out how to best Lex Luthor, and then they throw him in jail at the end, and, you know, he'll be in a cell with Ned Beatty, just like we expect Lex Luthor to be. And then, you know, maybe the next movie will be Doomsday. But, uh, you know, they always have to raise the stakes now. And I thought Doomsday looked cool, uh, but... I don't know that he was necessary, but, uh, you know, what were you going to say, Jeff? You, you well, had, I'm just, oh, I'm sorry. I, I was just thinking, because, uh, again, it's all, that, that, is, it, that is probably one of the big problems with this movie is, is everything that I think that kind of justifies things that felt like holes in the movie is because I'm thinking about it down the line. You're playing the long game like Zack Snyder. Yeah, which is which right. is kind of annoying because it's like, look, I'm here for two and a half hours. Yeah. Show me this two and a half hours. You could have gone with like a Lobo instead of a Dark Side, somebody who's strong enough that like, you know, maybe Superman doesn't want to destroy the whole city fighting him this time, so that's why they have to team up against him instead of somebody like Doomsday, yeah. which who's clearly just there to kill Superman because somebody has to kill Superman. Right. And and he's the only one that we know can kill Superman. Exactly. So or kill with pull. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we all yeah, know we're using the uh, the air quotes to kill Superman. See, here's the thing that could have been its own film. I agree. You know? Yeah, completely. And, and and so to just give it the last you know twenty minutes of the film, you know it, it just it didn't make sense. And the thing is, I understand the thing. I'm gonna tell you what I did like, and I don't know if I'm jumping ahead too far here, but no, that's fine. Like was Eisenberg's interpretation of Lex Luthor, you know, it wasn't like any we've seen, of course, before. Uh, it definitely wasn't Kevin Spacey's horrible Lex Luthor, but it was, you know, okay, he's kind of this crazy guy, you know, you know, he's he's against the alien and the whole thing. But with the guy who's against the alien and who's about advancing mankind. Would he use an alien to destroy an alien? Well, you know? I, it's a look. That's a great point, and I think that that kind of points to the fact that you know Lex Luthor usually is more of like a Bond villain, but this Lex Luthor, obviously not on the level, but you know you can tell he's just not wired right. You know when he's trying to give right. that speech and just dropping in phrases that don't make any sense. You know they're definitely going for something more akin to the Joker. You know because they know how well that worked. And, I mean, I don't love the interpretation. I appreciated that it was different, and when given that task of doing something different, I do think Jesse Eisenberg did a good job. Um, right. I think I would have rather seen Brian Cranston, which was the name that I heard. But a completely different movie, so I, I don't know. But, uh, Jeff, did you also like Jesse Eisenberg? Uh, I like. I think that I think what they tried to do with this movie in a lot of ways, like a lot of the, the, the prevailing themes are all 
trying to take these superhero concepts and put them in a, a modern world where we scrutinize everything. Right. So, uh, like, that's that's why you and have don't, all the gods. You know, they don't brush over it. I mean, they're right there with the fact that this is a very post-9-11, mm-hmm. age of terrorism, superhero world. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And then I think Jesse Eisenberg is more supposed to embody, like... Okay, so Lex Luthor, if you just think of him as a super powerful CEO type, right. like if that is what it takes to be a Lex Luthor, well, in our current climate, more of our CEOs are these like wonderkin, fucking like weird like guys who play basketball with their bros right. and like, then invent the newest like Shalico, kind of battery that can. Like Shalico said, he's he's Mark Zuckerberg exactly. as opposed to but, Trump well, he's more or like whatever, Elon yeah. Musk. Right, that's a great no. That's, yeah, that's a great differentiation. Um, but but I think I think he. I also think that he acts, uh, he gives us his motivation early on in the film when he talks about his father and how his father came from Eastern Europe uh, under basically communism, where he's basically like, absolute power corrupts absolutely. And you see when he's like trying to give that speech about knowledge and power, he thinks he should have the ultimate power, as Lex Luthor always does, because Lex Luthor thinks, I'm super smart, I'm super rich, I should have all the power. Yeah. And Superman defies that because he has what Lex can never have, which is actual, like, powers. Yeah. Uh, And... And so this Lex is jealous, annoyed, just like Batman's reaction is to, like, get more savage, be more uh, opt to kill people because Superman has arrived. This Lex is more uh, trying to play this long con game. And they completely skip over. And I think, obviously, it's how Darkseid gets contacted and blah, blah, blah. When When he gets on the ship, when Lex gets on the ship and he's talking to the computer and it says, I have the knowledge of, like, 10,000 civilizations in space. Do you want to know about stuff? And he's like, yes. Yes, I do. And then we, we jump to the Genesis chamber. You, he definitely spent a lot more time learning about all those different alien cultures, and I think that's partly why he came, uh, like, did the doomsday yeah. thing. Yeah, look, it's not an important story point, but we're basically left to assume that by being on that ship, he found out that Superman is Clark Kent because he's right. not really going to know that beforehand. So it, it, all of a sudden he just knows. And you're right. like, you know what, I bet that there's a scene that'll end up on the R-rated DVD where he asks a bunch of questions like, who is Superman? You know, something simple like that. Right. And right. I don't know that we well, need it. But, Kal-El? Because he oh, calls him Kal-El, he does call him Kal-El. Yeah, I that's true. That's, that's a great point. Yeah. Um, yeah so that was the thing. So how did he get from Kal-El to Clark Kent? Yeah. Like, yeah, and it's like the movie's already two and a half hours. So give us another minute or two where you connect some of it. And you know, look, my thing is just like sometimes it just helps to have an extra moment. You know, they do it more on TV shows where they feel like they need to explain things to you. You know, like how Lois Lane decides, oh, you know that uh, kryptonite staff that I just threw in the water? I should go get that. You know, and look, all it is is, like, she looks down at her cell phone, and it says, Bruce Wayne, hey, get that. And then that's fine. You know, but as it is, it's like, so Lois decides to go for a swim. And, you know, Superman has to save her. But uh, I don't know. So I really thought Aquaman was going to come save her. I did too, actually. We haven't mentioned that yet. I figured, I'm like, okay, this is where we're going to get Aquaman. Yeah. Did, I'm sorry, Shalko, what did you say? I think we talked over you. No, no, no. I, I actually thought that too. I thought, like, you know, she had zero motivation to get that staff. There was nothing that led her to believe that that staff would be what it took to kill that monster. Yeah. You know, she just thought, oh, okay, well, let me go get it. Let me go 
swim in this 50 foot you know pool or whatever to go get this thing yeah now i thought we were going to get aquaman as well yeah now what i've uh, already talked about is that i was pleasantly surprised by Wonder Woman. It's not a character yeah. that I've ever been particularly fond of. I mean, I remember the Linda Carter show was in reruns when I was a kid. I've seen it. I've seen her on the Super Friends, you know. She had an invisible right. jet. I get it. Never somebody that I thought was cool, but I thought she was great in this, and I think that's because I didn't expect anything. I expected a lot from Superman, a lot from Batman, but I didn't expect pretty much anything from Wonder Woman. Uh, so are you able to take away from this that they did a good job with Wonder Woman, or did you not agree with that, Shalako? Well, actually, no, I I agree. They did do a good job with Wonder Woman, but I was very skeptical of Wonder Woman because, you know, I grew up, you know, I'm I'm in my 40s. I, I just, you know, turned 40 or whatever. And, you know, I remember the Linda Carter Wonder Woman. Sure. You know, so I, I was a fan of the Linda Carter Wonder Woman. And, you know, this Wonder Woman, you know, although I, I like um, I like uh, Gail, but I can never say her name right. Gal Gadot, like yeah. Her. But I just didn't, I just could not see her in that role. And then there's times when, you know, the Wonder Woman that I know wasn't, you know, some Brazilian, you know, who looked like she could, you know, she should eat another burger or something. Uh, she's like, <laughs> she, she has like no definition. There's no strength there. There's no, she's just thin, you know? Yeah. And so I, I thought maybe they'd give her a little bit more, you know, and I know, I know this sounds really Texas or whatever, but. It's just the way that, you know, Wonder Woman is supposed to look. She's Wonder Woman. She's an Amazon princess. She's one of the most powerful of the DC Universe characters. And, and this woman did not look like that you know, what she's supposed to represent. Right. What I do so think, I was, I was and by that. yeah, and I'll, I, you know, I'll also include something from a completely different universe and a different platform uh, because I've seen them at the same time. I applaud the fact that they cast some kind of ethnic actress for the role instead of, yeah. you know, she's always been a white woman and it doesn't actually make sense. And similarly, the fact that the actress who plays Electra on Daredevil Go figure is Greek like she's always supposed to be. She's not Jennifer Garner. I think right. that it's great that we're actually, you know, somebody's like, you know what, we can find, you know, maybe we're not going to get the A-list actress, but we're going to find somebody that we think maybe the ethnicity makes a little bit more sense, that sort of thing. Right. So, I, I don't know. I think that they did a good job with that. Um, look, after this movie, I'm interested in seeing a Wonder Woman movie, whereas if Wonder Woman was introduced in her own movie. I'm not saying I wouldn't see it. I'm just saying I wouldn't have been excited. And now I'm like, you know what? I'd like to see more of this character. I think that they did it right. I, I wanted more of her after the movie. Uh, but I guess that leads me to kind of my final question. Do you feel like this has turned you off from this this universe, this DC extended universe of the Justice League and of the Flash and Cyborg? Are you going to give it another try? Or do you need to kind of wait and see how the, how they uh, play out? Maybe you won't rush out on opening day. Well, I'll tell you like this. As a fan of comics, you know, I read comic books. Uh, you know, I'm into all of these things. Of course, if the Justice League film comes or when it comes, I'll be there. Uh, the problem, though, and, and this is, you know, this is kind of hurting me because, like I said, I'm a fan of this guy. Maybe Zack Snyder shouldn't do it. And that's kind of like what it yeah. was kind of coming down for me. They really need to pick another director to kind of get it going. Right. Um, I have issues simply because, like, from a comic book standpoint, of how they become the Justice League, 
you know, while fighting, you know, dark seed in the in apocalypse. Yeah. That works. And from my perspective, we could have told that story, you know, even without Batman and Superman facing each other, you know, because the thing about this film, too, that really disappointed me, and this is even as a fan, but even really not as a fan, that was a very uneven fight, you know, and, and they're, they're keeping with this narrative of this, this powerful yet clumsy yet arrogant Superman, and I'm like, and then now you're going to tell me that he's going to be this evil guy who, I guess, helps take over the world. That that doesn't work, you know? It, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't really make sense. And also, just really quickly, if I can make this point. Sure, absolutely. That when you're, you know, with this, what I've learned, you know, and that's only because I've kind of researched and, I guess, asked the question is that this is supposed to be some whole alternate Earth. So... The Flash from the television show, he doesn't exist on this earth. Right. You know, that's why we have Ezra Miller being the Flash here, you know, which doesn't make sense to me either, but okay. And so when you're, when you're creating all of these different things, you kind of have to, like, let the audience know, whether you're leaking it through bloggers or, you know, just dropping lines here. Like, we should know that there's something different about what we're seeing. Because when you look at Man of Steel, he looks like he's, Superman living amongst modern day, you know, 2015, 14 or whatever, America or the world, you know? And now when you look at this film, it's very cartoonish, as if they basically did most of the film on a blue screen anyway. And you don't know where he is, you know? And then and with Zack Snyder and his love of his porn disaster, or disaster porn as I call it, he just wants to blow up everything. Yeah. And I, like, you, you can't do that yeah he couldn't resist he couldn't resist blowing up the u.s capital you know what i mean it's like it's like it's like roland emmerich it's like well we have to destroy something that is a recognizable landmark and uh you know um i did actually want to ask you something else because i remember from your facebook post now uh you took your son to see it if i'm not mistaken and how old is he uh because i I, seven years old and did you feel like seven you know look the christopher reeve superman very appropriate for a seven-year-old i i think that's probably around well no i was younger than that when i saw it but i saw i remember watching them at that age did you feel that there were times that this movie maybe wasn't the best for him to see because it is so such an adult approach to superhero movies absolutely absolutely and this is probably a bad parenting move on my part because the film was rated pg-13 but i had promised him that you know i would take him to see it and we were having our little father-son night. Uh, I thought the 13 rating would just pretty much be more on, I guess, the, the fight sequence. Yes. You know, being intense. Uh, not people being shot, you know, and, uh, and, and kind of, you know, all over the place. I, I wasn't expecting so much gunplay. Don't forget the one um, like shit. The yeah, the one shit that and and yeah, there you know the one shit. Yeah, and and um, Perry and Perry White's a goddamn machine now. He's just goddamn everything. Right, right. Yeah. So I wasn't expecting those things, but then that's what I'm saying. Even if you're gonna push the envelope there, you know, even if you're, you're coming with an R-rated, you know, Superman, oh, Batman v Superman DVD, my question is simply why. Yeah, you know, and I I feel as though, and not to really you know kind of jerk Marvel off here, but Marvel created a blueprint, and let's just be real, 
there were what maybe four films before Man of Steel, four you know Marvel films before that. Like someone should have stopped and said, okay, let's figure out how we can simply follow this blueprint. Yeah, you know, and and, and it wouldn't have mattered if people would have said, oh, well, you're doing what Marvel did. They wouldn't have cared because we want to see these characters and. And, and this is how we want to see them in all their grandeur. And, 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 and as kids, just think about it, like you said, as kids, we would have never imagined, you know, to really see uh, uh, these characters on film the way that they are. No, you know? no, no, absolutely. And look, I, I think an R-rated Deadpool is a brilliant idea. Right. But And I'm interested in seeing an R-rated Batman versus Superman, but I don't know that that's... I don't think those are characters that lend themselves to it. An R-rated Punisher, yes, you have to. But I don't know. Well, anyway, Shalico, look, I really appreciate you taking the time. I know it's late back there. Thanks for uh, talking about it. And, uh, you know, I just figured... You know, this would be a lot easier than us talking about it on Facebook and, uh, you know, wanted to give a, a, a different opinion. Uh, let me ask really quickly, are you excited for uh, Civil War and X-Men Apocalypse? I am excited for Civil War. Uh, I am not excited for X-Men Apocalypse. Um, once again, as a, a comic enthusiast, they're just changing too much for me. Yeah. Uh, I'm, of course, I'm going to see it. Of course. But uh, I'm just not, I'm not like, yeah. uh, oh, let's go to do it. Yeah. Well, I'll be interested in uh, seeing what you uh, think of it and, uh, you know, uh, why Jubilee's in the movie, I don't know. But anyway, that's a story. That's a question for another time. Anyway, uh, Shalico, thanks so much, and uh, I'm sure I'll uh, talk to you soon. And uh, wait, take a second and explain Dusty Cartridges. I mentioned it in the intro, and it's a YouTube oh, okay. channel, right? Yeah, so it's just basically, we have a YouTube channel, we also have a website, it's basically a video game website uh, where we do game reviews, previews, uh, we also have a hosted show in which we uh, you know, highlight a lot of the new games, we do interviews with the developers and even with people who play the games because you know, gaming basically nowadays is just part of our culture, it's a part of who we are, it's a part of our lifestyle. And so we just kind of like to give a different perspective on it, yeah. you know, and uh, just kind of put it out there. Well, great. No, yeah, no, I know. Uh, I see you post a lot of stuff from it all the time. I'm I'm so far out of the, the video game world. Uh, you know, uh, Double Dribble and Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, those are kind of like the end of it for me. But, uh, boy, did I love those games. Anyway, uh, Shalico, thanks so much. Uh, we'll uh, talk to you soon, okay? All right, great, man. Thanks for having me. Good night. All right, good night. And uh, with that, I think we'll finally... Close the book on Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice, but we welcome all of your feedback at Blackcast. You can like the Blackcast on Facebook, tweet me at Christian DMZ, Captain EO at Jeff Duray, Will Agent Starling at Will Sterling underscore, and we will see you next time on the Blackcast. I am-